Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. And I am your host, Sean Garman. Here with me is a full crew for this one because we have plenty to talk about. A little bit of Last of Us Part 2, or maybe a lot of it, who knows, and uh, some major topics happening, as well as a big main topic that we're going to have, our best games of the year so far for 2020 as we are across the threshold of half of the year, even though this has been a year that uh, quite like, quite unlike uh, one we haven't seen in a really long time. So, yeah. And thankfully, I'm not here by myself. As always, here with me, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And also here, Jens Dietrich. Hello, hello. And Randy Isbell as well. Hello. Well, guys, <clears throat> I don't think we need to go on with the uh what we we'd normally have the intro about. I think we're all know full well what's going on and and uh case is going crazy and everything else. So let's still uh, talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's let's get well usually Mark and I have some kind of diatribe about it for like five or ten minutes. You well, do, yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we do, sort of. Um, so let, let's get uh, to it because we got a lot to cover and I don't know how long we're going to take on each one of these things. So, uh, first of all, and this is kind of, I guess, if you really think about it, it came out like last week that the news for this, and it's not really been confirmed. It's one game, uh, that carries this price tag, but you know, with all the next gen stuff happening and, you know, we still don't even know what the prices of the Xbox Series X and, uh, PlayStation uh, 5 are going to be, but we do know that there will be at least one game, if not more, that will now carry a $69.99 price tag. NBA 2K21 is officially the first game that will cost $10 more. What, well, Sean, you don't have your $700 PlayStation 5 pre-order in PlayAsia? No. <laughs> but hey, if you do, Renz, tell me all about it. You can afford it. <laughs> no. So, but I can't afford seventy dollars for a game if it means that it's not gonna, you know, tack on a whole bunch of uh, paid DLC at launch. That is the prerequisite, I think, for that price being acceptable. Uh, It's NBA Two K, so no. (laughs) Okay, so let's. I think that's a a separate question. First of all, I wanted to ask: Do you feel like with the rising costs of video games now, and we constantly see movies, movie tickets go up in price. Uh, they vary depending on which place you decide to go watch a movie at, as Mark will completely always attest to whenever we talk about a movie. And, yeah. uh, you know, we see this with uh, a cable goes up, uh, the digital streaming services that have cable-like uh, things go up. We saw PSVU go up constantly when it was, you know, Randy and I had PSV for a long time. 
uh, that thing went up, felt like uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah very but quickly. then it went away. <laughs> but it went away, but the other services also decided to. It seems like anytime they add a group of channels. Well, it's, it's, or, I mean, they add, yeah. uh, with those kind of things and cable companies and stuff, they add a couple channels to, to make it look like that's what it is, but it's always because a channel tries to gouge them or a company tries to gouge them. Viacom right. is notorious for that. I was like, how many, how many times I had different cable companies or satellite dishes in my life that all of a sudden would just lose Viacom <laughs> forever because yeah. they, oh. they wanted to jack the prices up. So as much as PlayStation and all these went up, it's always because these cable companies continue to want to raise the price on everything, even though all their ratings are going down because no one's watching their shit. So it's, it, it was sad because I like the PlayStation view. I like the whole setup of it, but I love yeah, the I mean, uh, split screen, the picture and pictures. Yeah, that was great for sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when we had them, but uh, well, we Soon. have some. We have some, and more are coming at the end of the month, unless something crazy happens. Let's let's see. I already lost my team for Major League Soccer, so <laughs> they had to completely go away because they had too many COVID cases. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it's it's crazy that we've had the prices stay this long for what amounts to like almost 15 years. 2005 was when they went up to 59.99. So, and in that time we've seen the definition obviously the definition of what indie is has changed. So, those prices have been going up and down, but they've steadily been increasing. It felt like you kind of knew an indie game was going to cost somewhere between 10 and 15 dollars. Now in it what you would say an indie game is will cost you somewhere between 20 to 40 depending on how big the publisher or developer is or how big the game is or whatever and AAA has remained at that $60 price point do you feel like regardless of let's take the logistics out of whether they're going to take out Microsoft Action, whether they're going to take out DLC whether they're going to take out this it's justified for you to pay 10 more dollars for these Last of Us Part 2 Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, those kind of games. Uh, Randy, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's totally justifiable. I'm surprised, like you said, that it's been this long. And people forget that Nintendo 64 games were more expensive than this right now. Oh, <laughs> so, oh God, NES, yeah. NES yeah. games were more expensive. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're going back, and it's fine. And honestly, the way I look at it, it's, it's not every game is going to be 70 bucks, and it kind of gives you more tiers to go along. Uh, I mean, not to look at it with the NBA 2K stuff, because you know they're going to have their card games and their which are loot boxes, and that's a whole different story. Uh, all the sports games do it, and I don't. I still don't know why sports games don't take advantage of that and go back to the old uh, NFL 2K days and make it 20 bucks, because you're going to make way more money if you get everyone in the door. But that's a whole different topic. But I, I, honestly, I think seventy bucks for next gen is totally fine, and then you'll see discounted prices at thirty and forty, and you'll still get your ten dollar games and all that. And on top of that, Xbox still has Game Pass, which you're going to get a lot of games on that. All you have to do is wait a little bit. And PlayStation Now is, is getting better, and we'll see what they do for the the next gen stuff as well. But there's different options as well if you don't want to spend seventy bucks right off the bat. It'll get discounted after a while. Sales will be more important. I think it just it's fine. And I agree. I mean, I was used to in the nineties with PC games cost, you know, I was used to them costing a hundred Deutschmarks or more, which even though in terms of the conversion rate to dollars 
is is you know just over fifty dollars or so. Uh, in terms of earning power, it was more like a hundred dollars. So it, they're still going to be more affordable to me than games used to be when I was when I was playing games in my youth. So it's not really a gigantic deal, um, except of course if if they're still going to have hey here's your thirty dollars season pass on top of it, then it's starting to get ridiculous. I, I just don't think that that's going to go away. I think the production costs that they incur right now uh, totally will tell them that $10 is worth it because we're going to have to pay even more money to make a PS5 and a Series X game just to put it on those consoles. Uh, and that's why. And we still have to have all the other things to make money because the service genre of game is not going to go away. In fact, if it increases further it would not surprise me with this generation because mm. what we've seen is people are willing to either play the game for free and go with microtransactions or they're willing to shell out for battle passes and season passes and all that kind of stuff or pay for DLC after they already bought the game and essentially they're paying basically buying the game twice with all the different DLC packs that come out is people want more content for the game they bought. And that's what they do now is, I mean, you can make the case that when games were coming out, when they first raised the prices, you knew you were getting a full game aside from the Bethesda problems with some, you know, fallout Skyrim that you knew it was going to be buggy or whatever, but, yeah. Well, that was like years later, too. I mean, that was fine. I mean, my, I'm a little more jaded than like Randy or Ian. So like, I'll look at it as, as like a case by case basis. I assume like first party stuff will still be 60 bucks, like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or. That doesn't sound jaded to me. Spider Man 4 or Spider Man, you know, Ultimate Spider Man is going to be 40. But I mean, like, the third party stuff might be 70, but anyone who's going to pay $70 for NBA 2K21 is dumb. Oh, is sure. That- that game will be $20 next year. Right, but the whole point of playing those games then is because it ages, and once the season is over, you technically usually, okay, this this uh, year, you know, being different, but most of the time, you buy that game to play it while basketball season or football season is happening. You don't yeah, buy it to play in the off season. Those games also have a nasty, at least most of them, I don't think those games have a nasty habit of like, hey, the next edition's out. Your edition now cannot go online, or you can't play other people, or the server is shut off. Like, right? They think yeah, I mean, we all know that these sports games are racket because they've got a uh, captive I mean, audience. Basically, if, if, if they were like, "Hey, NBA 2K21 is going to be seventy dollars," there's not going to be 2K22. There's just going to be a season roster update and like whatever thirty new players are going to be added to it as DLC. Yeah, but that game wouldn't be worth it to me for seven dollars. I mean, we've. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we, but you're, we're you're seeing gonna... it. We're going by the assumption that every game is going to be seventy dollars, and uh, you know it's it's is it the, you know the value for money? Right, right. If, but if what the value it... for money is there, then it's fine. But I, I agree. In the case of NBA Two K Twenty One, you know, probably you should, probably shouldn't buy that. But that doesn't mean that you know if whatever The Witcher Four comes out at seventy dollars, you know that'll be worth seventy dollars. Yeah. Maybe I, I mean, but Maybe. it's not necessarily about worth. Always is also about if people show that they're willing to pay that money, then people will pay it. Sure. It, you know, uh, if enough know, people really start buying games, 
Right, but I'm just saying, like, if enough, if enough, if it doesn't affect sales, that people don't vote with their wallet and say, you know what, I'm going to wait until there's a sale, and they go out in mass and sell a million copies as quickly as they did when they paid $60, then guess what? People are going to start making more games $70. It's just how it is. Oh, I fully expect them yeah. all to be $70. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I just don't. I don't I don't think they'll be first party 70 at least not at first. They may get down. They mm-hmm. may. That may happen, but I think at least for the first year, it'll still be 60 to entice people to, you know, buy the games or, you know, uh, yeah. get the system out there. One thing that actually is interesting, cause it's just the next gen versions are supposed to be 70 bucks, right? Yeah. So if you're on, if you have an Xbox, why don't you just buy the Xbox One version and then get the free update? Or is, are 2K saying that they're I not think, doing that? No, I think that might be a $10 purchase. No, it depends on the public. Like, if it's first party, it's not. But it depends yeah, on the don't, yeah, I don't know if everybody's bought into the free yeah. update thing. So basically, 2K is secretly saying, we're not buying in on that. <laughs> yeah, mean, I, right. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I think they're, yeah, I think they were the ones that were like, no, hold off and hold on a minute, guys. Like, EA is pretty on board. Like, eh, whatever. Listen, it, we we need like NBA to, to make $10 extra a copy. So maybe someday we can get a WWE game that is not buggy as hell. That won't happen. <laughs> uh, no, could you imagine if they charged seventy dollars for WWE two K whatever? Well, yeah, nobody uh, would like. And <laughs> yeah. until hopefully until the reviews came out and said this one's not buggy, we promise. Yeah, they lied. I couldn't trust I, I, them listen, at all at I, this point. With two K, I'm I'm just glad that I I've decided I'm never buying a WWE game again until they put GM mode back into it. It saved me a lot of money. <laughs> or until they make another kart racer. <laughs> I'd buy that. Let's do. I mean, it. I don't think I don't think seventy is like out of line necessarily, oh. but I I'm not going to pay seventy dollars for like you know Britney's Dance Beat Two oh. on the PS5. You would and, you spend know, seven dollars exactly on <laughs> Somebody will. Uh, so, yeah, I mean some. I mean, if anything, this this more codifies my belief than getting that stupid disc another PS5 with a disc drive, so I can buy used games. <laughs> I, I yeah, I do think. We're going to, like, I think people are starting to get smarter with sales uh, now, and especially the way, unless you're Nintendo, uh, which has once again decided that they are... They have the same sales over and over. <laughs> yeah, and they, they now they're doing the same thing like Sony, where, well, they did in the European market, at least, where you can't buy digital game first-party digital games uh, off store, off uh, in, in Europe. Uh, so... Uh-huh. You can't buy them at all, or you can't buy them on sale. You can't buy no. I, for Nintendo in Europe, you no long no longer can buy first party digi- games digitally. Whoa! Uh, outside of the eShop, just like Sony. Yeah, you can't like did. buy code oh, outside or... of the. Okay, so it's like you can't go on Amazon and buy right. Code can't right buy yeah. Line. Can't go on Amazon or games like this. That's what I used to do for Mark. Is right for so, like now Sony stuff. I had to buy him a. a like gift you know, card. You had to or... buy a PSN gift card instead of, you know, mm-hmm. which isn't great for when you, um, it's much easier when you go file. I don't do this, but, you know, when I try to look into it, they're like, yeah, this is much easier when you go try, try to file for, um, like business things. Oh, yeah, you want to write you actually have taxes. the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And not, uh, oh, I but you can, this you can card. keep your e receipts from the stores, though, right? You always get an, an email. Right. I'm just saying, but it, it was, I mean, but it's like that's different than saying fifty dollars for a PS 
you know, PS gift card versus, yeah. you know, SnowRunner, which costs 50 bucks, you know. Right. I can understand that this helps them control the prices. It means that Amazon mm-hmm. can't decide. We've got too many of these cards for this particular Nintendo game. Let's, you know, mark it down to $40. Well, Amazon, yeah. Amazon doesn't care. But also, like, I'd rather have more. Uh, in that case, I'd rather have more flexibility in pricing than less. Because, like, Nintendo prices are always stagnant. I know you would. I would too. But I mean, I can understand why Nintendo is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing why Sony did. They didn't want you to be able to go to another store. And if Sony puts the game on sale digitally for $5 less, they lose a chunk of that because, you know, you're not buying it on, on PSN. So, you know, it, I, that is going to be interesting how this all shakes out, what this means. Does anybody think that there will be people that, uh, use this as a way to, okay, we are going to promise less microtransactions, less this no. or that if we're Never. raising the price. Not a chance. If any, I mean, if anything, that stuff will get more gross. <laughs> All right. Just, just thought I'd ask because there are, you know. No, I mean, it, it's a nice dream, but that's like saying, maybe like telling EA, hey, I just want to buy like Plan for Zombies 2 for 20 bucks. Get rid of these like microtransactions. So like, no, well, aren't they but, technically you know, taking a lot of microtransactions out of their games now because of the Battlefront Two thing? Uh not really. Well, <laughs> not the sports games, but <laughs> I don't know. I could uh, see them doing some things for consumer goodwill at least early on. You know, we're already willing to pay seventy bucks for a game if it comes with some digital goodies alongside it. If it's like you know the pre-order deluxe edition that has a digital soundtrack and right. a couple of items that you can only get. Yeah, in that edition, it's probably not worth the extra ten dollars. But I, they did that with uh, Fallen Order. Like the like the special edition of Fallen Order was like ten bucks more, and included like a gold lightsaber or something like that. And then like yeah, a month exactly. later, they just made it free for everyone. And it's like that's nice, but doesn't that kind of piss off the people who you know who got the special edition? Like, I guess, but yeah. you've got their money already, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah they don't care exactly. at that point. Plus, most people don't even realize that that happened. Yeah, like unless right. you yeah, pay to attention keep, to keep news all that. the time, then. Yeah, you have to be on NeoGAF, you know, getting getting angry in a thread about it. <laughs> Which I was. No. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be something that evolves throughout uh, this I mean, generation got, that's coming. So, At yeah. least with like this generation, they got rid of the stupid online passes. Oh, yeah. God. Remember but, that? Oh, good you lord. You had to pay to even think about playing a game online for a while because they needed extra money. I think they realized, I, like, that, that's a fine method, but when the server's only on for like a year, people might get pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then EA was the worst one about like, oh, this game, all of a sudden, it's online server's down. It's online server's down. Like, and it wasn't even sports games. It was like, I think so Mark, one, yeah, one game that you, came out that year. It's like, what? Yeah. So, Mark, do you literally expect a Jedi Fallen Order Deluxe Edition for $80 with a purple lightsaber or something, and that's your extra 10 sure. Or do you think Okay, all right. You're you're very cynical there. God, I hope not. I hope we're not at that point. Yeah, I I feel like they might not do that that ten dollar markup at least for a while while people get acclimated to the pricing. Oh, I I can almost guarantee that every every one of the big games they've announced so far, like Spider Man and Horizon, maybe even oh sure, Spider Man will have a season pass because there'll be you know substantial extra content. We'll have three or four special Mm -hmm. editions and then a season pass as well. I don't know that Spider-Man is going to be $60, though. No, Spider-Man is 40 because yeah. it's a smaller game, or it's not okay. quite as uh, advanced as, like, the you know, the newest one. Or it's not like a 
completely next gen game. But yeah, the DLC for the previous Spider Man game was totally worth it. Oh yeah, I agree. I played a lot of that. That was fun. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that, we'll we'll continue to monitor that. I'm sure we'll eventually get prices for some of these, especially the launch games at some point, and we'll get to judge if there are any other publishers that decide to take that bold step or not. But uh, speaking of one publisher, Microsoft has finally revealed their game showcase is happening July 23rd, and so we know when that is happening, but perhaps mm-hmm. something a little bit more interesting that Randy actually was, when we talked about this on another show, is the one that kind of brought it up, that what if Microsoft's was one of the other American-based studios that was wanting to inquire about getting uh, WB Interactive. And now there are more reports coming that perhaps Microsoft might really take a chance at this. And how would you feel about it? Microsoft adding a Rocksteady, another Realm, a TT Games to their bulk of studios, and then all the other stuff that comes with it, like just... That would really uh, bolster their their outlook. Yeah, be feathering right? their cap for exclusives for sure. Do you think they would really put like a Mortal Kombat and take it away from Sony, or would they do the Minecraft thing and just? That'd be silly not to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have well, Street Fighter. 5, yeah. Street Fighter Five has still never been an Xbox. Oh yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, I mean it's the same basic principle. I, I think so. Microsoft. I think Microsoft would be more. I don't think they'd be willing, but I think they might entertain the notion a little more about if they if they own Mortal Kombat by putting it on PS5 because they didn't they didn't know like Cuphead or Ori with the Switch, but I don't think they see that as competition necessarily. <laughs> right? No, it's yeah. Uh, I think I mean if they would get WB, some games they would obviously keep as exclusives, but some they would they would put on other systems. I mean that that is starting to get a little lax anyways with. A bunch of the PlayStation games now showing up on Steam and next year's MLB The Show, which is a PlayStation exclusive, going to be on Xbox and, and all yeah. of those systems. So I think it's going to be a little bit more laxed. But as far as like the, I think with the multiplayer games, I think we'll see it a lot more laxed. But when it, when it comes to like Batman and stuff, I, I think that's, that would be their answer to Spider-Man if they end up getting it. So I, I think it'll be a mix. I mean, cause again, if you're getting the entire WBE interactive, like Sean said, you get a lot. I mean, I don't see I mean, what you get though yeah. necessarily. You get Mortal Kombat, but everything else is like licensed. Well, yeah, they would stuff. have to get a license <laughs> I mean, with DC. You, you, you know, you brought a Batman, but it's like, hey, they're not going to get Batman necessarily. I mean, right. so you have to work out a license. It's, yeah, yeah, it they would mean... probably get the EA deal with for Rocksteady, so they could keep making Batman, or they can make a. Well, DC I mean, the rumor, or... the rumor with Rocksteady is that they're making a stupid uh, Suicide Squad game, and it's like great. Right. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, and they'd have to work out the license for that Harry Potter RPG. Mm-hmm. If that, well, that may they come out by the depending on how quick they do the steal. But yeah, you know, like uh, would they keep the Lego games? I mean, you could still get them on PC and stuff. But would they keep the Lego games? No, I think things like I that. think Lego in particular would be, would be multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like yeah. Minecraft. I mean, that's that's your ticket to kids. Right. Yeah, I. Well, excuse me. It's not your ticket to kids. It's ticket to grandparents wanting to buy their kids video games. Yeah. Yep. Because it's something easy to just be like, oh, yeah. it's the Legos. He likes this. Mm-hmm. Let's get in that. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, I. I think this is this would be 
cool for Microsoft to have. I... Well, it would give more credence to like the old Sony buying Capcom rumor. Yeah, that. I think also it would... I wonder if they would branch Rocksteady out so they could make other DC titles and not just one every, you know, like three or four years or whatever so you can have a Batman What's... game, a Suicide Squad game. Uh, oh, man, yeah. let make another Urban Chaos game. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, my problem yeah. with Rocksteady is, like, yeah, they're a fairly like, celebrated developer for the Batman games, but they've only made those Batman games, and I'll be charitable and say at least two of them weren't great. <laughs> yeah, and then the one that what, WB Montreal made well, at I, Origins. I, I, don't even count, yeah. I don't even count that one. I mean, I, Batman VR wasn't good, let's say, <laughs> and like you can, you can decide on your own if City or Night is a better game. I think Night is, for me, but... I didn't like City that much. <laughs> uh, I liked City a lot. I mean, Asylum is still better. But... Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is like their best game is still pretty much their first game. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you And know. they've had... It's been five years since they've announced another game. I'm not counting VR that, you know... <laughs> I wonder if they, like, really did decide at one point, oh, they were making this property, no, this property, and then finally decided on Suicide Squad. I yeah, I get the... I mean... The rumors have been they've been working. They were working on like a Green Arrow game for a while, and then like a Superman game, and now this one. It's like, all right, show me something official, and I may believe you. Yeah, I, I think it's more of interest of like Microsoft, I guess, being able to put money into it and care about it and what they would do with it. Like we know what most of these studios make. Um, yeah, I just I wonder what that would really mean. Are we are we gonna get more uh, Mortal Kombat like side games like what happened in the past where we went you know way Special off the beaten path sometimes mythologies and, and <laughs> yeah always one of those the uh, Luke King game was pretty good Shaolin monks yeah I, that was, is that the the like that's the one that's the one good one <laughs> the Gauntlet game or the, like the co op game that was uh, yeah it's like you play as Luke King or Kung Lao. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I like that. There were like rumors they're going to make an HD version of that, but nothing ever happened. Which is unfortunate. <sighs> Sometimes you just don't get the good ones. But um, moving along here, uh, we'll do, we'll do a when we get closer to July twentieth. There, we'll do like a what we think Microsoft might show. I don't think we need to do that now. Uh, there's probably going to be more stuff that comes out by then. Uh, Fallout is also getting a TV series, which that kind of just like dropped out of nowhere. And, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy are developing the Fallout show at Amazon. So, you know, Amazon paid a bunch of money to have the Lord of the Rings TV show. Now they're doing a, a Fallout show. Bethesda is involved, um, in certain ways along with Todd Howard. Well, guys, what do you think? Could this be good? Eh. I'm for it, but I think it'll be a little, I would say, grimdark, because Fallout does have kind of a sense of humor about certain things, and I like Westworld, but it's not the most humorous show in the world. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on what kind of tone they're going for for it, because uh, if it's like a Fallout 2 kind of tone, that I would like, but if it's more, like Fallout 4 was already way too serious for the series. Yeah. So, um, I don't Fallout know. Fallout 4 had like no sense of humor. It was really weird. It it's a series that was incredibly close to my heart uh, up through Fallout Three, 
and then I fell off it pretty hard. So, uh, I mean, New Vegas, I know I good writing. Um, but, uh, it's hard for me to care about Fallout nowadays. There's been too many bad Fallout games in a row. My, my, my bigger question is, how do you really do the show? Like, you just kind of do Fallout 1? Or, like, what would be the story? I mean, you just do something set in the universe. I mean, it's just a post, you just do a post-apocalypse. It's, uh, populist. That's the thing is, when you take... Mad Max? I mean, not like, I mean, like Fallout, but, you know, it's not like there aren't plenty of post-apocalyptic shows. Oh, yeah. Or already there's plenty of that stuff in sci-fi. So, um, it's not as special, I think. And it's kind of like whenever they talk about making a Last of Us movie. It's like everything that makes Last of Us impressive as a video game is old hat in movie yeah, I've form. Yeah, I've already seen The Road. Sure, you know, it's like... Yeah, or like The Girl with All the Gifts, all those kinds of movies. There's so many of them that it wouldn't do anything interesting as a movie. That, that's so, why... Well, that's why I think, like, if you, if you make a follow show, you need to have that sense of humor. Like, that'll help, help make it stand out. And yeah. It doesn't need to be quite as goofy as, like, some of the games. Like, you don't need, like, The Power Fist or... There were you know. some funny things in Westworld, kind of darkly funny things. Oh, yeah. But it was few and far between. Yeah. I mean, I like Westworld, so I will give it a shot. I think for me, it also depends on cast. Like, who they get, who they get I liked it once. Huh? It was good for a season. Season three, right? <laughs> I mean, I actually have, like, still halfway in season three and haven't, can't get myself to keep watching it. So, I, I don't know. That's not, I don't have any faith two. in Jonathan Nolan either, so, you know. It's Randy, what do you think about a Fallout? I'm glad video games are getting more of a chance on TV series because the movies haven't gone in the right <laughs> direction. What are you uh, talking about, man? They're making Monster Hunter into a movie. Right. Hey, Back, Witcher but worked I'm, out. But I'm still more... I, I still need to watch The Witcher on Netflix. It's, yeah, I would say like, it's Witcher on is my, a standout one. It's on my need-to-watch list, but I just haven't watched it yet. But I'm I'm still more excited for The Last of Us show, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean wait, there's a, there's a Last of Us show? Yeah, HBO's doing it. HBO's doing it. The director of Chernobyl. Okay, sure. I I still think that it would be like it's such a. I mean, Last of Us specifically is such a limited show. Like, if it's just going to be like a six-hour movie, like okay, I guess. But Fallout so much, so much more of an expansive show or expansive universe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Fallout you can get multiple seasons of, and Last of Us most likely will be like a Chernobyl, where it's a one season seven episodes thing which i'm totally for for that's the thing in fallout's favor is what a expansive world it is and how much story you could really tell i mean you could really go to kind of every corner of the world yeah uh in fallout and you'd have interesting um potential as long as you can get emily watson to play ellie in the last of the show i'll be happy emily watson i mean i like emily watson but uh she was in chernobyl (laughs) oh okay I still, she needs to be in the, when we make the Deadly Premonition TV series, that's when you cast Emily Watson. <laughs> That'll happen. You, you never know at this point, so. You need, what's her, what's her name, uh, from Hard Candy for, uh, for Ellie? Uh, come on. Beyond Two Souls. Ellen Page. Ellen Thank you. Page. That's who I think, that's who she looks like, right? Well, that was the, that's I mean, they, exactly. they, went to, they almost got in like a, a lawsuit about it. <laughs> Because, yeah, she looked a lot like her, yeah. I think she's, I think she's gonna sue, like, a last of the developer or something like that. Well. Also, she's, she's too old now. <laughs> hey, dude, you do later. I mean, she's yeah, she older accused, now. She yeah. accused the last of us developers of ripping off her likeness. <laughs> so I'm sure they've got right. a good blood between those two. 
<laughs> yeah, that that did happen. So, uh well, uh, I I can't don't have a. I think it's cool that video games are getting TV shows. I think they work better in that realm. Actually, uh, you have more way to tell the story, and uh, you can. Yeah get more out of the games that way too. The movie is just it's not long enough. Yeah, I to agree. Really Given Doom Justice. Video <laughs> Video games are long form storytelling and they're much closer to TV that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than much... like a fighting game like like Mortal Kombat and things like and that. Favorite that movie. <laughs> you know, but things that like, you know, Last of Us needs to have a series, you know. Like I think like I mean, that movie that uh, the Girls of the Gifts movie, that is Last of Us, really. Yeah. Defenders of the Realm has proven how well Mortal Kombat works in TV form. And Mortal Kombat Conquest. I, I, I oh, I'm not one. saying I, it doesn't. I was, I was just saying no, that I, it happened to be a good movie. You know? Well, look at like, like Castlevania, like the, car- like the anime, or the cartoon mm-hmm. shows, like that. You know, if they made a Castlevania movie, it would suck ass. Yeah, but <laughs> the Castlevania TV show, we all, everybody talks about it like it's the best video game adaptation, but the whole thing of it is that. They basically just took the character names and nothing else. Oh yeah, they didn't really adapt the games at all. I, yeah, I, like, I just want to sidetrack this real quick. What is the best video game movie? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. No, that's crazy talk. I I would probably say the first Silent Hill, apart from the ending. Yeah. That's the only two for me. Like besides, after yeah. that, it gets kind of like you're not you're really I, I kind think, of just talking about okay yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, yeah. I think you. you both are right. I think Mortal Kombat's the most in- entertaining movie. I mean, the, the acting and the writing's not great, but it's just dumb hey, fun. Man. I mean, Verland Baron makes but, no bad movies. Unless but, you're willing to accept like anime adaptations of video games, no. then the pool of available movies becomes much bigger. Right. But but honestly, I think as far as getting the atmosphere right, I, I, I'm with Jens. I think Simon Hill was the best. I mean, the ending was weird. I, I will 100% agree. But they I, changed the nature of the cult completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's what happens when I, I don't think the developers were really in it. But again, the atmosphere of that whole movie was great. They just, there were some changes that were like, no, that's not the Silent Hill I remember. But that was good. But yeah, I think those are probably the top two Mortal Kombat and Silent Hill. I think we're all forgetting about a little movie called Double Dragon. I don't mind Double Dragon, actually. It's fine. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not... I wouldn't put it in a... It's okay. You know? So, um... You know, we could always just, uh... Talk about... If you're asking me what's the best video game adaptation, I would say Steinsgate. Anime doesn't count. (laughs) It never counts. That's just a straight-up adaptation. I mean, it's not... (laughs) Yep. Didn't have to do a whole lot there. I mean, it go, kind of goes off the rails of that sequel or whatever, but... And yeah. the first Pirates of the Caribbean is a pretty good Monkey Island movie. I agree with that. I love that part. It's got your, yeah, it's got your Chuck, it's got your Guybrush, it's got kind of equivalents for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but then Pirates of the Caribbean went around and made a terrible King of Hearts level, so... Two. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know what you're about. I loved it on the King of Hearts 3, <laughs> so... On the second one, yeah, I, I agree. But... I, I still have that thing downloaded on my PS4. I need to finally play that. Well, you'll be blown away yeah. by the graphics. All right. All right. Uh, so. I, I just enjoy hearing the Kingdom Hearts composer team try to mimic the Hans Zimmer pirate scores and not doing it at all properly. <laughs> like they're way too classical for what Pirates of the Caribbean sounds like. Well, also, you, I, I mean, he's he's not wrong, but 
they can only go so far without ripping them off completely. I I just never understand why Disney doesn't just let them have the original music. I mean, they do for some parts, right? Like for for Frozen, they just straight up do the songs. Yeah, besides like some license agreement that Zimmer signed, or you know that you know they don't want to have to pay Zimmer more money. And that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. if it's another medium or like a different. Artistic, artistic work that they got to pony up some more cash. So I realize nobody but me cares about it. It just always amused that my favorite thing about that whole segment was hearing Pirates of the Caribbean filtered through the, the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> music team. <laughs> so, uh, last, uh, news thing we're going to talk about here is, uh, this Evo 2020, uh, being Ivey. canceled because some just awful stuff. I mean, last year's Evo went through the same thing, uh, sort of, of like just all of a sudden, all this uh, sexual harassment and bad stuff just started coming out right about. It just the seems time. to be the bane yeah. of conventions when you when you're putting on these conventions where people mingle, yeah. uh, you know, people who are underage and people who are who are like in their twenties and thirties mingle. This stuff seems to happen a lot. Um, it's of course here. It's the founders involved. Right. I mean, it doesn't need to be happening, but you know, hey, I'm not saying it's, it's inevitable. I or mean, anything. It, just saying it, it's all too common. Yeah, there's a far cry between it being like one or two moderators or one or two, you know, guests and the founder, co-founder of the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the fact we had, that we had kinda... the same thing in Atlanta with DragonCon because the the DragonCon founder turned out to be a pedo. So just in case you don't uh are not like a Twitter person and don't like follow gaming stuff on social media, uh what uh Jens and Mark were alluding to is Joey Queller, who's the president of Evo, has faced allegations from various people in uh the fighting game community. Um a he also goes like Mr. Wizard in case you go find this later. Um, that he paid out tokens to local members of an arcade who were at the time under the age of 18 to jump into a pool of water in their underwear. And then it goes on to, uh, there was further sexual misconduct. There was, I think, uh, even, the, you know, showing genitalia and all this other stuff. Um, then of course this kind of goes along with the just entire felt like in the past two weeks we've had game journalists, uh, game, uh, developers, uh, people that work at game companies. This is something I forgot to bring up when we were talking about the why games cost more is we know that that money is not going to go to the people that are being, that are actually making these games. Most of that money is going to go to these publishers' pockets and, Continue to line the uh, Bobby Kotick's of the world's pockets instead, but hey, he deserves the most money, right? <laughs> but yeah, th- this is and it's like terrible news because it it like it made you think different things about people like Chris Avalon. Yes, who, that that's a sad yeah. thing to me because you know he's worked on some of my favorite games over the years. Yep, right. And Ubisoft went through a shakeup because the creative director for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, is now having to take a leave of absence and step down from his role because he was engaged in extramarital affairs and yeah, uh, not great. 
and also two of the vice two vice presidents of Ubisoft uh, have also been placed on administrative leave along with other employees because of misconduct uh, allegations. So just not. I mean, it's good that all this stuff is coming out. It's terrible that all this stuff happened, uh, especially as a person myself that uh, is friends with some of the game journalists and also just reads a lot of their stuff, like seeing a lot of the what a lot of these uh, female game journalists went through, uh, especially uh, at IGN with like the founders of IGN. Two, like apparently, uh, two of them were just absolutely terrible people. Um, that it's like it's a you know a site that I grew up on that I still read a lot today and I mean thankfully it's not like that anymore but it's it's just it's crazy to like I think it, that's what I got out of a lot of what was happening was you really don't know the people you think you know you don't always mm-hmm. really know them, I guess right like it's just it's a uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And it's just, it's good for these people to finally get that stuff out, but I, I hate that they had to go through that. It's disgusting. I don't know. Any thoughts from you guys on, on this stuff? I mean, or? I'll just say that I agree with Jens, but like Chris Avalon's like the one that didn't strike me the hardest, but I like that guy or like some of his games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and sucks. he's doing some big games right now, right? That now those games are kind of in jeopardy. Well, I think yeah, he said uh, that, like, Vampire, he didn't work on it too much, or I think Dying Light 2, he quickly got booted off as well. Yeah. I mean, we some of our very favorites, right? We've got Planescape Torment, which we love. I, I know you all like Fallout New Vegas a lot. Um, Ultra Protocol, I thought was super underrated. Fallout 2, I mentioned earlier. I love Fallout 2. KOTOR 2. So, yeah, he's really... And you know, Divinity, or Prey, Divinity yeah. Original Sin, too. I mean, Obsidian, right? I mean, it's one of the greatest game studios. So um, to think that this is all going on with Obsidian is uh, very disheartening. And to uh, cast a pallor over all those great titles. Yeah, because this is apparently going on for quite a long time. You know, it's, yeah. And I don't think we mentioned that EVO Online is getting canceled over this, which is a sad, you know. Yeah. The way that Evo, Evo Online seemed to be coming together was a real feel-good story for me, and uh, I was, you know, looking forward to following it and all that, and uh, to see it uh, fall apart because of this is uh, really sad for a lot of people. Not that it doesn't, you know, obviously um, it, that's not nearly as bad as the as the accusations themselves. I'm, I'm not trying to equivocate anything. I'm just saying. Um, it's kind of tragic for the fighting game community that to have this uh, this event fall apart over this. This is why we can't have nice things. Why can't these people in power just behave not themselves? Be, be, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's weird disgusting. too. It, I think it's. I wonder if it's like some kind of complex as well of like you were beat up or you were made fun of as a kid, and so all of a sudden now you have power. You wind up doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know and. and <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's that sounds like uh what um what's the what's the teacher in Persona Five? Um Kawakami? No, Kawaka no, th- that's not the not the not the Kamoshida? nice lady teacher. Kamoshida, thank you. Yeah. Kamoshida's oh. whole justification for why he, he thinks he's justified in doing what he does is it's just this, which is, you know, they made me they kind of took over my life, made me uh um 
you know, cram and, and ruin my life to be in this position to achieve. And now I'm going to leverage this. And I feel I have a right to because uh, of what I went through, which, you know, as far as like motivation for a fictional villain is nice. <laughs> but as a real life excuse for anything, it is absolutely revolting. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Should never uh, had to come up and. I don't know. I, I mean, there is no that... excuse. There is nothing you can say. Yeah, to just there's... like I don't care if you were if you were abused as a child. Whatever the fuck happened to you uh, as you were growing up, I do not care. It does not justify those kinds of actions. Yeah, doing it to you know people that you encounter is is, is it's absolutely wrong. I just hope that at some point here, I hope that not only does this encourage more people to feel like they can come out and talk about this, but also that finally. We can kind of get some of this out of the gaming community. I think you're still going to have your shitty people and your misogynists and people that don't want to get over the whole, oh, girls can play games just as well and, and all that stuff. I mean, uh, you know, now we're seeing stuff happen in the military. We're seeing it happen in other places now. Wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. It felt like that was ongoing all this, at the same time with wrestling. It's like, um, so just hope that there is a learning, you know, something happens here that takes some people's minds that, that changes into the generation. Just like these, while we're having these protests, let's, let's, uh, make this into a positive for future generations, please. Let's please not be committing the same mistakes with our kids as well. I just hope not. Uh, so let's, uh, move on here to talking about uh, well, games we were playing. Go ahead, what are you saying? I, I was going to say, speaking of Persona 5 for a second, they, I mean, Yen and I already pre but they announced that anime release, the, the dub. $300. I mean, if you need the dub, awesome. I watch Well, I mean, importing the Japanese releases without the dub would be just as expensive. Yeah. The reason these prices are set the way they are is really to uh, discourage reverse importing. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's... Don't like anime really. I mean, why is it three hundred dollars? Because it's worth that. You're paying like twelve dollars per episode, Mark. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've. To be fair, I've done worse. I've yeah, done isn't that like Galactic Heroes or whatever? The yeah, Legends of Galactic Heroes is seven hundred dollars. That's a like freaking old school show. I mean, it's true. Uh, it's about you know what it comes to about so. It is one of the greatest animes ever, unless the Persona, unlike the Persona Five anime, which isn't even good. But you know, we're Persona Five completionists, I guess. Oh, you are. I'm, I'm more moderate, but that's the one thing I really uh, do want to watch and own. <laughs> to be fair, that's uh, the way I know the Persona Five stories to the anime. So I, I will. Uh, I will. I was pirating it while it was coming out. It was not a good show. I mean, not, now you guys are showing why there needs to be streaming because. I can just, I pay my $7 for Crunchyroll. I got to watch the whole thing. I didn't have to pay $300 for a Blu-ray. So. Yeah, but it's Aniplex. Aniplex is never going to be on those services. Yeah. They are on the services, though. Are not that, not that shit. Well, the sub of Persona 5 is on Crunchyroll, but not the dub. That's the well, thing. Oh, okay. Saying, though. Okay. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but I you don't, do you really need the dub? I, I didn't even play. I played the game in Japanese because I like Japanese voices. I don't think the Japanese voices can be topped. I like the English ones, so. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, uh, Jens, you have, just so we can 
go ahead wrap up Persona this 5. This, so we can knock it out. Jens, you have finally been able to yeah, play your Persona that. 5, the Royal. It is largely the same the, game. Yeah. It what is like 80%, content? 90% the same game. I, that's what I said. <laughs> I mean, yep. Uh, I, I said more, probably. <laughs> I was somewhat underwhelmed by the new content. Like, I, I, um, <laughs> there, there's, in fact, it annoyed me at times because if you have ever, if, to anyone who's finished Persona 5, and I'm, I'll talk about this in a non spoilery way, but at the end of Persona 5, there is a segment where you kind of have to go to all of your companions and give each of them an identical pep talk, and it's basically just having the same conversation with each team member, uh, like six or seven times. And the, uh, the new DLC does that multiple times, where it's like, okay, talk to each person individually, and you basically have the exact same conversation with each one, um, <laughs> several times in a row, and I was getting really tired of it. It's like, yep, yeah, no, I, I get it. And the, the big bad is, uh, I'm not a big fan of the big bad. He's a, um, Let's, yeah. without spoiling what, who or what he is, let's just say that his motivation and it's the modeled. world that he's trying to create is, uh, very cliche for anime. It is, it is, uh, very tropey. It's something that you've seen in a lot of other things. And, um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was still fine. It, and overall, you know, the big improvements to me are that the game actually gives you enough time to do everything, which is great. I was able to do everything in one playthrough. I was able to get all the trophies in one playthrough. Um, and it was a, it was a, it was great to replay that game. I thankfully had not like burned out on it the way that Mark had. So I kind of wow. just experienced the whole thing again in full. Sorry, Mark. How, how long did it take you to beat? Yeah. Uh, 100 hours or just mine under was, 100 hours. Mine was like 60. <laughs> okay. Well, you, again, you skipped a whole bunch of stuff because, uh, you were already super familiar. So, yeah. uh, I did not skip anything. I listened to all the voice acting, you know, I, I watched all the cutscenes. I, I did all the content, but it was still shorter than, you know, people were talking about how, like, this is going to take you. <clears throat> I saw that Excuse too, me. like 120 hours or 150. Yeah, people like... were talking like 120 hours, 130 hours. It's like, it was not anywhere that. Um, so yeah. And, and the, you know, the final two months that you do, they really are not that long. Yeah. Because you have like 60 days, but like 30 of them are taken up by investigations or crap like that. And it's like, and, and again, have... just talking to your team members. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like talking, you know, one day it's talk to Makoto and the next day talk to Haru and it's like, all right, I guess. Yeah. And it, it wraps things up very, uh, very neatly. So I, I will give it that. And there were a couple, I will say this, there were a couple of twists that were really, really good. Uh, there, there were a, a certain character revelations that I thought were quite strong that, that hit me and, and then, and you think back on everything that was setting it up over the course of the whole game with the, the new character, with the two new characters that introduced and you think like, oh yeah, this, this was, uh, well thought out and well structured. Um, and, uh, they foreshadowed it just a little without giving it away. So I appreciated that. Well, so was... it was good. But yeah, uh, but you know, as far as compared to something like Persona 4, the Golden or even, you know, Catherine full body, I don't think it really added enough to be, uh, we, we decided before we recorded that we were not going to consider it for best of the year. Well, you guys did. Well, I know you don't agree, but I, I just really, I don't think that there's quite enough here to really consider it a new game. Yeah, another game that I'm, I'll just talk about uh, Xenoblade really quick because I finally beat the actual original game 
and then I'm pretty far into the feature connected thing. Um, there's not enough content in that either that I'm going to be considering that for game of the year either. It's just, I mean, it's nice. Like, it's like, um, I think it's cool to like get more of Melia's story and finally get to see her like become the, you know, person that you wanted that, you know, she was meant to be. Um, in, in this, uh, the way that Xenoblade ends, which I'm trying not to spoil that for people that are playing through the game. Uh, I think it was, if I'm backtracking through the times that I left the system on, because I'm also playing it while I'm working, uh, probably 95 hours playing, uh, Xenoblade with most of the side quests, because you cannot mainline that game. That is not a mainlineable game. Yeah. You have to do those side quests. Yeah, you will you not will, be strong enough. Or you will be grinding, like, nobody's business and it'll bore the hell out of you. Uh, not that the side quests are very imaginative. They're all the, the ja- Japanese RPG trope 101. Uh, if you thought 7 Remake was tropey, Xenoblade Chronicles is the trophy of the tropiest. Um, it's what powers that game is the characters and the story, even though, yeah, um, it, you know, it's nice going to those places and meeting someone every time that eventually becomes part of your party. It's just the, the new stuff is, is cool. Like you explore the Bionis shoulder, which you didn't get to in the first one. Um, but then you're also exploring Alchemoth, which you did. So, um, there's a little bit of back and track. And then the main quest outside of that, is finding a bunch of Nopon that are scattered around uh the two landmasses. And if you don't like Nopon, I'm sorry, but this this game is going to this DLC is going to throw Nopon at you like you've never been you know. This is not gonna make you like them. You're gonna get way too much of it. Um so some people really don't like that that's a trope that Xenoblade has. Uh, is that they love those those little guys? I don't mind them; they're funny and they're silly. But a lot of a lot of people just can't stand them, and that's fine. A lot of people find them annoying. But yeah, I I just don't think it's enough there to really say that it's worth saying. Oh, this is one of the best games of of uh, twenty twenty. But we'll get to that in a little bit because there's a pretty big game here that I don't know how much more Marcus played of it, but uh, Randy has finished it, and poor Randy's had to be quiet for a while. <laughs> Oh. You're, talking, you're talking about Mr. Driller and Drillwind, right? Right, yeah, I know. The Last of Us Part Two. Uh Yen's been playing it as well, so I guess Pretty deep. N- no spoilers, but or I guess you could talk about the story, just don't don't no. uh We we need to keep this fake. Yeah. For sure. Hey man, there are zombies. That's the end of spoilers. I, I will I will say this. I was very happy to learn that the thing that I thought was an end game spoiler that I was so angry about turned out to basically be the inciting incident. So, it ha- it, thankfully, not it hasn't been spoiled for me nearly as much as I thought it had, and and that that is good. So I don't want to do that to anybody else either. Okay, so like before you guys talk about like I guess what makes the game great or whatever. So now that you've Randy's finished it and you've played seventeen hours, right? Dude, like we're, like we're, we're about halfway through each. I think. I mean, he's further than I am, but I'm at least at the halfway point. Okay, so like I, we're, we're past have... the halfway point. Now you guys have actually, you know, been. Do you feel like the absolute hate that we're seeing is, oh. is justified? It's crazy. No. Like, God, hate no. is insane. 
it's like I feel I, like I feel, this guy is is. I feel so bad for these you know, Neil Druckmann the voice and, actors. Yeah, and I feel the bad voice for Laura actors. Bailey. Yeah, yeah like Laura Bailey. It's like, why are you attacking a voice actor? Like it's just, right. you know. It's, uh. Let's talk about this first. So we're. I'm assuming we're all big Laura Bailey fans. She's one of the most prolific voice actresses out there. She's in a million billion shit things. She's absolutely yeah, wonderful played, in all of them. If you, if you played, played a, a video game, decade, she's done a voice yeah. for that game. Yeah, That's she's so Catherine. Weird. I mean, she'll always be Catherine. Well, she's to like me. she's like the male version, or she's a female version of like Nolan uh, North and Troy. Yeah, Baker. Nolan North or Troy Baker, which are you know both in yeah. or at least Troy Baker than Last of Us too. So, so the, the fact that people cannot separate the character from the actress, especially in this case, where this is like an actress that is in basically everything that we know that you know you've you've see heard her and you know how good she is from so many other things. You know, she's not she's not some nobody who's who's come in to ruin your game. I mean maybe uh Neil Druckmann in his story did too good a job to make that character unlikable early on. I mean they do a really good job of making you because it's a revenge story, they may do a great job of making you hate those people that you're up against. So I can understand why people hate the character. Yeah. Uh, but how does this I just, I don't understand people's brains. I don't understand why this extends to we're now going to harass the actress online. Yeah, I mean, it's also the, I guess, the um, orientation choice of that character, right? That, no, she's know. she's a straight woman. Yeah. Okay. Like, she's I just, mean, she's buff. People don't like that Abby is buff. Like, you see all these memes where they talk about, ooh, social justice warriors want realistic body types, except in this case. And Abby's like the most normal looking person. In I, mean, that. I mean, she, 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 she's based on, lot, the normal, like, on the regular person as well. People are like, well, she could never be that buff. She's got to be abusing, you know, there, steroid abuse would not exist in the post-apocalypse. It's like, what are you people smoking? Like, there are muscular women. It's a thing that exists. And she's yeah, a soldier. She looks a lot to me. She looks a lot like Brie Larson from. Like, yeah, like if Brie Larson got and really, really I buff. actually think that might be some of the some of the hatred is you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the same people who went after Brie. Yeah, Larson. stupid like men's rights activists who didn't like Brie Larson or you know didn't like a female led Marvel movie. It's like mm-hmm. they just transferred their hate to poor Laura Bailey, who like who's like one of the like nicest people <laughs> around on Twitter, and you know. Yeah. No, it's it's because it's. You know, that character, she, it's a character who does something really terrible at one point, and you're supposed to hate her for at least the first half of the game. So, and maybe that just worked a little bit too well. But, yeah. again, do you, are you gonna, are you gonna harass, I'm trying to think of like anybody who's played an antagonist in a movie. The guy who plays, uh, Nacho in Better Call Saul, and he's the bad guy in Far Cry 3. I forget right. His name. Uh, but it's it's like oh we're gonna blame that guy I'm like no like <laughs> well I I'm not crazy about his performance as Nacho but I'm also I would never bother that guy online I'm not gonna you know are you gonna harass Anthony Hopkins for all the people that Hannibal Lecter ate and killed like it doesn't make yeah, any sense yeah it doesn't like make they're sense. actors this is like, like when Matt gets like Matt Getz was was telling Ron Perlman that Ron yeah, Perlman can't criticize him. Because Ron Perlman played a Nazi on on Sons of Anarchy, it's and like, the funny an thing actor. is, is like that show, the Bike Club was like they had a lot of predominantly white characters, but they weren't like racist. <laughs> like, right? They were against the Nazis in that show. Well, and they were very. Um, that show was very 
like race like they included almost every race you know yeah and, every and, every so, gang had like there was like the mexican gang and like the white supremacist gang but like the sons as a gang were not maybe not all inclusive but more so than others <laughs> yeah i mean they weren't out there trying to get people because of their race right it was more of what they were doing so it's like they just happened to be that right but it's uh, how how great that would it be if uh, Ron Perlman wrestled Matt Gates? Yeah, Matt but it's Gates. like I do still want that to happen. So so focusing more on the actual game itself, like I mean, Randy wet his pants over it. <laughs> Yen, I think Randy is largely right. I I had a it, it's it's been a roller coaster of emotion for me. Um, is, isn't that what you want from the game, though? Like you, it, it totally is. But it has been also a roller coaster emotion in how I feel about the writing, where I really loved it for the first like ten, twelve hours, and then there's a point where I was like, ah, uh, this is getting very heavy-handed. Things are kind of a little bit too convenient. Um, they, I would you can say see what can, the convenience thing is kind of bothering me a little. Yeah, and uh, it does. Um, it reminds me of Michael Haneke's Funny Games in a way, in the way that it's trying to like shame the audience a little bit. Uh, at, at that point. Um, but it has now kind of taken another turn for me where it's developing Abby further as a character and I'm liking it again. And it's getting deeper and more complex again in the storytelling than it was at the midpoint. So, uh, it's, it's difficult for me. Durandi is the only one who's finished it and I really won't know how I feel about it until it's over. But, um, I will say that I've loved my time of it. For most of it, and then I liked my time of it for a while, and now I'm I'm kind of up there again. Well, Randy, I mean, can you attest to this uh, roller coaster? And what do you feel about it? Is, is there? Yeah, uh, was there absolutely. What Ian said? I, I, I'm working on the review as we speak. It is it it's it's kind of how this is right now. It is impossible to talk about this game, at least the story, because <laughs> you don't want to say anything. Because it does do so many different things that you just don't expect. And I don't want to bring any of it up or the, the mid-twist or how the ending might go or anything. I'm trying not to spoil anything because what I I absolutely love this game. I absolutely love this story. Yeah, I get what Jens is saying about the middle and being a little heavy-handed. I think they do that for a reason. And I will talk to him about it more once he finishes. And if we ever do a spoiler cast, I'll explain it a bit more. And the ending I know is very divisive. People like it, people hate it. I I can understand both sides of it, and I'm very curious how Mark and Jens will will interpret the ending. Um, but it's so hard not to say anything. My fa- I mean, absolutely, I love this game. But I, my favorite part has has been Jens will message me every day or so, and is exactly what he's saying. He is on such a roller coaster of well, I don't know about this game now. I, I, I'm not sure. And then the next day he's like, No, I'm in. I got it. Or I hate this character. And the next day, no, I, I, I get it. <laughs> so it's really fun to see that he's going through the exact same stuff. I thought I, I was, did. I thought it was driving you crazy at one no, point. I, I, was like, I hope I'm not annoying Randy because, because no joke, like uh, Haley, what did not watch like the first ten hours of this game. She was off playing Fallout or whatever she was doing while I was playing this game, and that next thing you know, she's. She's watching it, and she watched the whole last half of that game, if not a little bit more, and having conversations with her and explaining what she had missed and whatever was was really interesting. And I, I, 
it's not as crazy as the fact that people throwing death threats at voice actors. I mean, that's really stupid. But the fact that there's so many people out there going that, oh, Neil Druckmann ruined the first game, or he doesn't understand the characters. Are you kidding? Neil Druckmann and Ashley Johnson, right? Johnson's your last name? Yeah, Ashley Johnson. And, and Troy Baker know Ellie Entrell more than anyone in the history of the world. And they care more about those two and are not going to do anything that they don't agree with. I mean, if anything, go watch the kind of funny ca- or spoiler cast with those three once you finish the game and see how much they care about these characters. So just because things happen in the story that you that don't agree don't like. with or yeah. you're like, there's there are so many times where I go, Ellie, what are you doing? Ellie, why are you doing that? But oh, man, not- see, I was entirely on board with almost everything that Ellie was doing for the whole stretch for you, Ellie. I, I can't say anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, or th- the same with Joel or the same with Abby or anybody. There's a lot of times where you're like, I don't know. I don't know about this. But it's not my story. It's it's Neil's story. I think he tells it wonderfully. Just because I don't agree with the character I'm controlling sometimes. I'm, I'm along for the ride. And to me, the story, they, they, they do extremely well, especially for a video game. I told Jens when he was unsure about the game, I go, it's not an Oscar winning story by any means. But if for a video game and how immersed you get into it, it is absolutely fantastic. And on top of it, you put it into gameplay, which I know that was a big issue with a lot of people. They thought the gameplay of the original game was not enjoyable. Uh, if you did not enjoy the first one, I think you'll like the second one. I am, I love the gameplay so much more in this. Mm-hmm. Just having the more versatility of Ellie and being, I mean, a jump button is, it's hilarious to think about how much that changes, but just the, the size of these combat areas that they put in at times are just like, you could re, I mean, and they do a good job once you finish an encounter. You can go back in the main menu and replay just that encounter if you want. Cause there are some that I bet there's hundreds of ways to get through it. And I mean, you can go through it without being seen by a single person or touching another person. You can go through it and just murder everybody if you want. Uh, That's what I inclu- do. yeah, the, I do too. Uh, the, the inclusion of dogs in this game makes the combat sometimes like every time oh I see a dog God. on a, on an encounter, I lose my mind. Because it just changes my strategy of I want to sneak around and take everyone out. You can't when a dog yep. is around. Cause I was obviously so the frustrated dog, by that when they first introduced dogs. I was just like, ah, fuck the dog is these always, dogs. dog is oh always right God. next to somebody. So now you can't sneak yep. kill this person. And the dog will catch your your scent, which they've shown in, in trailers. It's not a spoiler. And will start hunting you down. So it's like you have to take Very these quickly. dogs out first. And it's just... The, the little subtleties they do and the differences between, uh, the W, or the, yeah, the WLM group, which is kind of a militia group, and then the religious group, which are called scars by some people in the game. Uh, the differences between those two groups and their combat is in, intense on top of obviously the infected are different. And now they do what they do with the DLC where you have battles between the two. There's infected and WLM people at times. And there's different strategies involved there. It's just, I, I think gameplay-wise, it is so much superior to the first game. Uh, I Again, take it or leave it with the story. I, I get people aren't going to get it or aren't going to enjoy it. But I think 80% of the hate you see online are from people that haven't played the game. And I, I think it's 
really yeah, disappointing that it got spoiled because I think obviously big things in the story got spoiled and everyone I mean, just went up in arms with it without knowing the context around it. The big the big event that happens like a quarter a quarter of the way through got spoiled, but the rest of the spoilers were made up or were are false. Yeah, but, and then people are I mean, actually I've been meaning to message you, Mark, about what the other spoilers were because you were going to tell me and I'm like, no, nope, let me finish the game just in case. Yeah. I just I forget to do it, but um, the the hate on the internet is just so crazy. It, it's so funny. Where I mean, I think that's the way the world is right now. I mean, we're so uptight and stuck with being stuck at home, and well, everything and, has to be turned into a culture war issue. Yeah, I mean, so right now, it, I, I I don't want to get into COVID or anything, but right now, where I live, I live at the border of Washington and Idaho. Washington has went full on masks, and Idaho has not. And you're going you're to join the wolves, aren't you? And, but it's just, it's like any time that any like newspaper on Facebook or different news thing on Facebook puts an article on it, I guarantee you there's going to be a thousand comments instantly of just bickering of, I hate masks or you need to wear masks. And it's the exact same thing. Anytime you see an article at all about Naughty Dog or The Last of Us 2, it's going to be 20,000 comments instantly of, this game is garbage or this game is game of the year. And there's no discussion about it. Like is what they wanted. So I'm, I'm really sad for them that, that different things got spoiled or leaked or as Mark is saying, fake leaked and, and has, has brought such diversity over nothing. Yeah. Cause I think this game is, is so important as far as you're not going to always be happy with the story and it's never going to, it's not always going to put a smile on your face, but there are some, heartwarming moments in this game that are just like no joke i probably cried during this game or i had a tear roll down my face four or five times two of Mm -hmm. them were happy ones. i had a couple of those cases and it and again i'm having so much fun with the ends just discussing back and forth that where he has he is in the game and 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 how he is interpreting things i mean i think that's what this game was supposed to be was is somebody's story and there's hundreds of different ways to interpret it I mean, I think the message of the story is pretty clear and you realize, like, I think some of my frustration, you know, the message of the story is revenge begets revenge, but also revenge is hella satisfying, but maybe it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> the combat is so good. One thing I love about the, the fact that, so you're fighting humans way more than in the first game. Yes. In fact, oh, you're yeah. fighting humans way more than you're fighting infected, which is great because I don't like zombies anymore in media. I don't like well, zombie games anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. And, and it just being a revenge story for most of it, where you get to murder these, what, you know, these terrible people is so, it just feels so good. And I, I love the fact that, that they, they made that choice because you got to think this is what, four or five years after the original game. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, especially in a big city like Seattle, these groups are going to take out the infected yeah. and it's well, going it's... to narrow down. So you only really see the infected when you get put into tight situations, a hotel that no one's been into forever, a, a subway station, so like places that are just no one ever goes there. So the infected just kind of hang out. So but it's, it it's conveys, really nice. Yeah, it conveys that awesome feeling of something like, you know, First Blood. Or Apocalypto has a similar kind of big chunk of that movie where it's one guy against many, but he's, you know, got the advantage. He's setting traps. He's, uh, you know, stealthing around them to take them out one by one. And uh, that is something that 
God, this game just does it so well. So, so well. So, Mark, you're about to say something. No, I was going to say, it's like the first game, primarily, you were fighting zombies or like the infected. Mm-hmm. Like, the first, like, quarter of the game is all humans. But, like, after that, once you really get out on your own, it's mostly infected. There's, like, one or two instances where you fight against people that haven't that many compared to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more neutral, like, on the game, I guess, as a whole. Like, I like some of the... Like, the one thing I really liked was a big open aspect of, I think, Seattle. The first day when you were with... Yeah, that Ad- was very Uncharted Lost Legacy, that yes. first yeah, chapter. Uh, when you were with Ellie and Dina. Like, that was cool. Uh, I find the story... It's fine. <laughs> I I really appreciate that it's not quite as wonky as the first one with the seasonal crap, which really bugged me about the first game. Mm. It's like, hey, we're gonna travel halfway across the country. Now it's now it's summer, and you still have the same inventory and supplies and everything. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, like, I mean that's a gameplay conceit. I'm fine with a time skip. It does all, the game does all sorts of things with with time uh, here and. That's one thing I've been debating with Randy about, like, how does it hurt or benefit the story? And would it be better if it were structured differently? But I, I have not I have figured same, out. I had the same debate with you, or, you know. Well, I know you argued that some of the flashbacks should be at the beginning, but I kind of like them where they are because of how they play emotionally. Uh, it's hard to discuss this stuff about spoilers. Yeah, I, so mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we might. But just to get to, you know, the reason why people are mad about it or whether this story works or whether there's even a necessary game. I was one of those people who thought that The Last of Us did not need a sequel. Like To me, The Last of Us was basically perfect. It had a perfect ending that had just the right level of ambiguity where you don't really know, okay, how much does Ellie really believe Joel? How much is she willingly going along with what he's saying, even though she knows he's lying? And this game kind of seemingly answers that, and then about halfway through kind of shows you, oh, no, actually... Actually, Ellie knew this, and it completely changes how you think about the characters. And <clears throat> it, it was the structure of the game really aids the storytelling in certain ways. And in other ways, it kind of hurts it. Um, but then if you didn't have that, then other parts of the game wouldn't work. So you can really tell that it's a fine clockwork that they thought about incredibly mm-hmm. hard about how they are going to present this and how much the ga- the player knows at any given time about the events in question. And um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating just as a storytelling, just as a, as a thing to contemplate in regards to how they're doing the storytelling. Yep. But um, I know Mark. Oh, yeah. I, oh, sorry. Sean? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you've, yeah. Mark, you've been pretty mum. Um, about well, it. it just it just seems like you're 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 just kind of whenever I ask you about it, you're like yeah it's fine yeah I mean I I don't think the gameplay has changed that much in the first one honestly uh, I think they gave you like one new weapon maybe <laughs> but that's kind of about it yeah, but, the encounter design but they didn't they, but it did it like really need to I mean like uh, no I mean I, that's that's debatable I guess I mean I got pretty good at the end of the first game of you know shooting guys in the head of the bow and arrow. Uh, I mean, I'm playing the game differently than you guys did with them playing with that, like, cheat mode on, where I can just see everything in the game. <laughs> well, accessibility mode. Uh, it's, not, it's not cheating. Uh, it's, it's and, and, to make no, the game. It, 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 it kind of is, because, like, you're talking about the dog situation, and, like, those fuckers are easy with that mode on. Right, I can right. just pop them off at, like, instantly with the bow and arrow. Like, they're not an issue at all. <laughs> the dog and thing I, is so... Honestly, I, I, just to bring up the accessibility mode, that's something that we haven't touched on yet with this game that I just want to hit on quick. 
all of the different options that you can do in this is for like for people that are colorblind or people that have this issue or or like all of the different things that you can change with the subtitles and the colors and the sounds and everything. It's like they thought of everything about this game. And I hope other games do that because I like that that Mark can play it this way and Jens can play it that way or, or anyone that has disabilities that would usually hinder them from playing a game like this. They've thought of it all and it's great. I mean, they even go so far as to completely change the encounters, maybe in ways that would even kind of break them or make them really easy. But for people who, you know, things like enemies don't flank you. You know, I could see that there may be some people for whom the game would be too stressful, but now yeah. they can now they can enjoy it. I'm not, uh, I'm not that bad at least. There. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crippling the enemies that much. <laughs> see, but also you're also playing it. You know, for you, uh, that you actually need that mode because. You're playing it with Star Trek Voyager in the background. Yeah, I'm finding it super distracted. You're, you're like splitting your attention, so if it doesn't highlight all the stuff for you, <laughs> it'd be difficult to get through. Whereas, you know, for me, this has been a, I need to be 100% immersed. I need to, like, give this game my full undivided attention, you know, put on headphones, listen intently to everything around me, because that's kind of, that's the kind of game this is. When I was playing Persona 5, you know, it's, the experience, the <laughs> well, it's really, you're reading and listening, you know, when you're not in dungeons. And then as soon as you go into a dungeon, you're like, okay, it's podcast time. You know, it's yeah. time to put, or it's time to put a podcast or some music or something on and just kind of like hang back. And that would be impossible with this. At least for me, it's impossible. So I, I don't know. I, and, and like so much of it is the, the, you know, how the mood. Like that's that's another thing about like not I'm sorry I don't mean to shame you Mark for how you're playing it I guess maybe a little bit but uh, uh, you know it's such a big part of the appeal like the game I mean sure the gameplay is really good and the story you know is is fascinating to me but you know a huge part of it is just being in those environments and the the oppressive mood of it the whole time and feeling like uh, you know something could jump out at you at any moment I guess also one of the things that I, I didn't like it at least initially and i still kind of don't is like how limited you are in the beginning like they don't explain why everyone left the dam in the first game to go to this new area do they um, do they need to years have passed it could be all manner of reasons uh well i mean i mean it seems I think... like they're they're growing lives they've got livestock they've got farms they've well know... i i would have liked to spend more time in that first area i guess well it's like uh, the world where abby starts off uh, well, the second time that was a much more Jackson. fascinating. You want to spend more time in Jackson? Yeah, like yeah. I know you talked. You talked about how you thought that the the beginning was very abrupt and and too yeah. short. And I don't. I kind of like that it throws you into the shit early on, and I like the way they are introducing a lot of characters, kind of in media res with the relationships already there. I, I enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I just fundamentally, I think, like, aside from the visual bump up, like if you take a screenshot of last of us one and compared to last of us two people would be hard pressed to tell the difference and it's a big visual bump i mean aside from like you playing as ellie and you know not joel except for that dlc in the first game <laughs> i do think it's funny that you can listen to the uh collectibles like that's not an accessibility option that's like one of the gameplay options like, wait what like listening to enemies is fine but why how can you listen to collectibles <laughs> is it so I may have missed this. So collectibles get revealed when you you're press, in this mode. I've not, I've not seen that happen. It's R one and square. I think R one and circle is enemies, 
and R1 and Square like is like collectibles. Oh my yeah, god! If you I... have the accessibility on, it it does that. Oh, so it is an accessibility thing because I have not. You mentioned this to me, Mark, and I was like, "What the hell is Mark talking about?" Oh, uh, I I remember like reading. I think I read a guide, and they said like those are the two that like to turn on. Like the visual mode, the visual thing is like a lot more distracting, or yeah. you know. But like, yeah. Well, I'm not going to come out of this game with many achievements, let me tell you, or trophies, that is, because, you know, just like Last of Us, this game is stingy as hell, and there's no way I'm getting all the collectibles. You see her play it like three or four times like Randy's going to. Oh my god. This is like, I, I had this conversation with, with some other friends who were like, I'm enjoying it, but I know I'm never going to play this game a second time, and I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat, because it's like, you know, I'm, not going, I'm not going back to the Anne Frank house a second time either. You know, you know what you could do is, a multiplayer mode. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> hey, the first game had it. <laughs> All right. Well, there they. Uh, these three here have done talked oh. a lot. All right, go ahead. Oh, the, the, I was gonna say the last thing. I'm further. I got the game earlier than Yens did. I don't think it's early as Randy. No, did. no. We both got it. We both got it on launch day. Except that uh, I was still playing Persona Five. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, I, I started it a week after you because I was but, I was like I can't start this until I finish Persona Five. You are I well I played different games at this you know I I switched between games. You are further ahead than I am at the moment because my PS4 is about to explode with this game inside of it. <laughs> like it is scary loud. And yeah, your PS4 overheated while we were chatting. Yeah, we were voice chatting yes like last night and I hit the game accidentally like to start and my PS4 legitimately said like. Your PS4 has overheated, like shutting off, and it wouldn't turn on for five five minutes. And it's wow. like that's the first time that's ever happened, and that's not a good sign. Like, um, it's you just gotta live with it a little bit longer than you can play it on your PS5. And the funny thing is, is I remember Last of Us One on my PS3, it kind of had similar issues. <laughs> well, on the on the fat, I'm assuming the fat. Had yeah. This so yeah, this is the thing with the early the early Playstations and those incredibly demanding Naughty Dog games. Yep. You, Same thing uh, with Uncharted too. Uh, they come out so, yeah, so late in the generation that they kill your system. <laughs> well, that's why I'm not like it. I'm not like hardcore playing it because I'm afraid of it. You know, bursting the flame. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's also I will tell you, it is exhausting. I've been playing this game, you know, you're like, you're in like huge sessions. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing like five, six hours at a time, which is arguably way too much at a time for that game. But it's because I, I want to finish. I want to finish it before the true game of the year comes out. So, uh, you know, I've got a vamoose. What, Ghost of Tsushima? No, uh, on the 10th, we, we Deadly get Deadly Premonition 2. Oh, okay. Our very favorite Mario. Okay, no, so you're, you're waiting for... <laughs> no, That's gotta fine. finish it. That's fine. Uh, so, well, okay. Did we, did we talk about everything that you wanted to talk <laughs> yeah, about? Good, unless, uh, okay. Randy, do you have anything else? You've been quiet for the last, like, five minutes. I... Because there's nothing else I can say without spoiling stuff. So I okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk, you and I will talk fine. about this again. Yes. Okay. Well, we can definitely uh, entertain the idea of doing a spoiler cast yeah. if you guys right. want to do it, like we did for Final we'll Fantasy. So we'll see what happens. Um. Uh. So how is that? Just because uh, you didn't get to talk about this, Mark. How's that hard space shipbreaker? It's really good. Uh, I came out on Steam like last week. Uh, yeah, you play like a salvage guy and you basically like laser cut apart ships and deposit their materials into like three little like gravity funnels. Uh, it's a ton of fun. I'm having a blast. It's like an early access. 
the one thing it really it has, which is really nice, is basically infinite ship design, or it's always modular. So you never run out of ships to blow up, which is something House Flipper really desperately needed. Uh, I can't. I mean, it's an early access right now, but I can't wait until like mod support comes out for that game. With you know, plus the part of the Enterprise D, or like you know the you know Serenity from Firefly, or something like that. I mean, half these ships already look like the Serenity, so it's kind of funny that way. <laughs> Hey, well, I'm glad you're enjoying that game. Yeah. I knew you were excited for it, so. Yep. That's, uh, that's always good when the, the hype meets what you want. So, speaking of, we hyped it earlier. Let's go ahead. It's coming an hour and a half into the show, right? So, we did pretty good on time. Our best games of the year so far in 2020. This is anything that came out January 1st. 2020 till June 30th of 2020, and then, of course, we'll do our end of the year, which will include everything. Uh, the caveats here are that <laughs> we already talked about it, but anything that's a port, uh, definitive edition, uh, remaster, or, you know, nothing that's actually, like, new will not count. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, game of the year. Yeah, so Tokyo Mirage Sessions will not uh, be included, even though it is a really good game that thankfully is now on Switch. <laughs> if it ever does go to that $40 price range, so maybe Black Friday, might think about it. But um, yeah, so we mentioned Persona 5, the Royal will not be included in the discussion. Xenoblade Definitive Edition won't be included, even though that's a game, like I said, I spent 100 hours in. Uh, Token Mirage, and there's probably others that I can't think of at this minute. Catherine, um, well, Catherine how about Catherine Kentucky Mirage Zero year. TV Edition? Is that also disqualified? <sighs> that one's rough because, like, technically, you just completed the game and you're getting an Act Five, and you get to play the whole game. It's an mm-hmm. episodic game. That's that's one of those. It's like normally what what I do with the episodic games is whenever they're done is when we count them. So now it's officially done. So yes, that would count. Okay. Well, so definitely, I haven't I, played that yet, but I'm going to play it this year. I, I just can't remember. Did we have it on the list last year? No, Kentucky Route Zero okay. didn't so have complete. a... I mean, I, I wouldn't count that game because that game's been out, coming out for like the past three years. Well, the first episode of that game came out in 2013. So I, I guess that's so, the other. That's the next way. Has, has it been on any of our lists before? Have <laughs> it been that long? No, because who? Well, who has played it? I I I dabbled. I will play it. So I'm wondering if it'll be in consideration for the end of the year. Yeah, I know it for the last episode. Like mm-hmm. I said, we count the episode. Like the game is counted when because that that didn't even do like la- Okay, so here's the thing with Kentucky Route Zero. It's like. It's not even like Life is Strange or Walking Dead or it didn't, something it didn't where take, it didn't take one year to come out. It took four, or you know, it took no, it took oh, way more than that. So it, like yeah. that's the thing. It's like, and you didn't even get one. It didn't get like two episodes in one year or something like that. You got like one episode in like three years. So it's such a weird game to yeah. Between to, act episode four and episode five was four years. Yeah. See. So like that's. That's just one of those like weird anomalies. I think you kind of just have to count it because now you officially can play the entire game as one thing. Now. Okay, noted. So, all right. Sorry, let's move on. Okay, so I'm not really going to talk about that as my 
it probably wound up being intention when I'm talking about the full 10 at the end of the year, but as my five, because mm-hmm. I haven't finished it yet. So, um, but let's kind of just go through some, like everybody kind of, let's do the, everybody does their five, everybody does their four, three, two, one, whatever. And then we'll kind of just talk about some games that maybe just missed. So what is like a game that like just missed the cut for you or you kind of have your eye on? Uh, will it wind up being in your final, you know, 10 or something mm-hmm. like that? I'm struggling with this because... Would, oh, yeah. sorry, Mark? I would say, I mean, I, I was going to say, I'd probably say Resident Evil 3. I haven't played it yet, but mm-hmm. I know I'll probably really like it because I like Resident Evil 2. And hey, it's more of the same. You could argue that, like, it may not be a 2020 game per se, but whatever. <laughs> so going through this thing in that chronological order, Mark, did you yeah. end up putting Journey to the Savage Planet on your... No, I mean, I like it, but Yenza's bitter bitching made it annoying. <laughs> yes, I disqualified it. No, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to it eventually and try to kind of mop up some of the collectible stuff and see if I still like I mean, I like to look, like, the combat in the game is bad, I think, uh, but I really like the locomotion and the different ways, like, your power-ups and or your abilities can, like, interact with one another. So, who knows? And uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakra. Elma. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention it because it's fuck that it game. A, it's <laughs> it, been it, one of the highest selling games this year. And it yeah. tried but failed. <laughs> uh, it's one that I know that we will be talking about because it uh, has its own little niche, and I think it it took so long to come out, right? Uh, like uh, so many of these other games from this year, uh, Dreams. Have, is, have any of us played it? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I, I mean, mean, I played the beta, but that was about it. <laughs> The thing is, it's like, it's difficult because I'm not a creative, I'm not a person that wants to go and make my own level and do all that. Like, I like the story stuff and I'll play, I've played other people's levels and those are fun. I think it's great that this kind of game exists. I think it deserves its, uh, critical claim, you know, for what it is. I mean, um, sure, but games like that have existed before. Right. Yeah, it's kind of, I remember like, but this is probably Spark. the best of that game. Right, because it includes everything that all those games have, and yeah. gives you so many more tools, I guess, than than even like a Mario Maker or something like that. Um, just because I, we have to mention, it, but I'm, none of us are going to talk about it, is uh, Call of Duty Warzone will probably wind up in nope. that like importance discussion, but won't nope. be in there with us uh, talking about it as Spe- a game. That speaking of importance, have any of us played Half Life Alex, or is anybody going to? <sighs> That's really important. Difficult, right? It's... I mean, the only one of us. Mark, you've got VR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you got pretty... My problem is, I don't think my computer can run it. <laughs> okay. I mean, Sean offered to get it for me when it first came out, but like I barely passed the video card requirements, and I was like unsure not... about. It's not a Steam game, right? So you can't do the whole. No, it is. And then returning it. Oh, it's a Steam game. It's that's where it's only on. Uh, okay, I was just making sure. Well, it's literally know. a Valve game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. Duh. Um, I mean, if they made it, if they made like somehow made like an Oculus Quest version, I could do that. But I mean, yeah, my problem also with like I don't, I'm not like I don't have a ton of VR space. I mean, Yen's has seen my apartment and my stuff's in my room, so yeah, I don't, I don't get why you went for VR at all. Like, I have more space than you, and I'm like, I do not have space for this. This is just, I want to be part of the wave, my friend. Uh, it's so terrible. Yeah, Black Mesa also got a lot of talk. It's the mm-hmm. remake, remake of Half Life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that we'll have to win this. So, uh, and 
let's uh, hit on one I know Jens is going to want to talk about because it's a game you have talked about plenty of times on the podcast, Neo 2. Yes. Yeah, if I ever finish Neo 2, Neo 2 might make my list, depending on how the rest of the year goes. I mean, it's more Neo. It's harder. It's more um, complex. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, it has kicked my ass to the point where I, like, I'm taking a break from it right now. And I know you were, I, I just, I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know, maybe one day I'll finish it. I had the same thing with the original Neo where, like, I played it for the first, like, uh, you know, 20 hours. And then I was like, took a half a year off it. So who knows? But I did like it, except for the fact that I got seriously stuck. So um, that's Neo 2. Might make the list if this is a bad year. Um, also on my list, uh, Sakura Wars, or new Sakura Wars. Uh, might also, you know, not the greatest game, but if this is a really shitty rest of the year, Sakura Wars might make the list. At the moment, it does just because I haven't played a lot of 2020 games. I would, I mean, you'll disagree, but I would actually say the same, say the same thing about like SnowRunner. Like it has issues, but at, like if I had to make a top 10 list right now, I'd be on it. <laughs> Well, if I had made a t- my top five right now with Persona 5, the Royal Disqualified, I actually have Animal Crossing on here, even though I ended up hating Animal Crossing. But it's because I've only played five games this year that were from 2020. That's fair. I mean, Animal Crossing is such a huge game for the series. So many reasons. Uh, there's no way it's going to make the final list. I mean, I don't think these... I don't think... The likelihood of Animal Crossing or Sakura Wars being on the final list of the year, with all the stuff that's still coming out, is low. Well, a- Animal Crossing will probably most definitely be in our 25. Right, from other people uh, picking it. <laughs> right. Um, just because, my God, you can't think of a part of 2020 without Animal Crossing. It's game of the like, pandemic. It, it's Yeah, it's a game of the pandemic, and it's a game that, like, I mean... Anaya's been enjoying it a lot more now. She's been gotten to play it again. It's like, um, you know, I, I think it's a game that I think it got a lot of people into playing games that don't necessarily play games, you know, so, and people that just love Animal Crossing, period. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Randy, did, have you gotten into Animal Crossing? Oh, no. my, my poor Switch. The, the only love it gets is when Chase plays Fortnite. Oh. Oh, so that's who's on because it'll tell me Randy is on. Yeah, because yeah, I don't. I he doesn't have a online thing, so he always plays online. <laughs> Randy, do you have any on your right now? Don't know. Didn't make my five. May might make my ten or. Uh, I I still need to play more of it. I, I but Doom Eternal is close. Uh, I, it's just. I haven't got in into that that mind space because that game is so fast and so much is going on, and I've been playing these games that don't require that. So every time I th- I think about playing that game again, I just I, I end up playing something else instead. But I enjoyed it. It's a lot like the first one. I don't know if it will end up in my top ten by the end because there are, like Ian said, several games I'm I'm very into. Here in the second half of the year, but I enjoyed what I played. I just wasn't enough to get my top five. Fair enough. Uh, one for me that I re- I've enjoyed, but probably just barely doesn't make it in my top five right now. Might be in the ten if you know the year goes on. Uh, good job. Is a game that's just a little it's fun to go in and destroy your workplace and uh, do the little quests that it has you do in there. I very much enjoyed it. And it's a 
I didn't really know what to think about it when I put the money down on it, and I was very much um, like surpassed my expectations uh, on that one. And uh, that goes along with like moving out as well as uh, it's you know it's overcooked but moving stuff. Uh, I very much enjoyed overcooked, so moving out was always going to be in my wheelhouse. I think overcooked is a much better like made game as far as uh it just feels much more fluid like moving out really does feel like moving things sometimes like you're just you're so exhausted by the time you get to the truck you're just throwing crap everywhere right so that's how that game feels too you're trying to just throw stuff in that truck and then like oh we'll organize it later and then by the time you get to the point where you're organizing you run out of time you're like oh my god i gotta figure out a different way to do this uh so yeah go ahead what said i have returned yeah <laughs> uh and murder by numbers is another one that um i really enjoyed earlier in the year it's um a visual novel with pit cross if you uh, yeah that wanna... looks like something i should seek out it, i i was kind of looking through you know best games of the year so far less trying to prep for this and and i saw it and i was like oh yeah i remember seeing this this looks like 100 percent like a me kind of game yeah, the story is good. Uh, I'm not a such a big, huge fan of the Pit Cross, but thankfully there's like a cheat system, and I can just kind of go through there. <laughs> uh, but uh, then enjoy enjoy the story. It's a nice little game you can kind of I can play a little bit of when I want to break and uh, just you know just kind of go back to. So those are my like barely uh, just didn't make it, and also uh, Gears Tactics. Because it's Gears with Tactics, and I love Halo Wars, so I love Gears, so Gears Tactics was always going to be a game that I liked. I don't, I wound up not loving it, um, but I, you know, it's, I, it's another one of those games that like, I'll pop in for a mission, and then maybe not play it for like another three or four days, and then pop in for a mission again. I don't know. I want to play that really, so bad. It's good. Um, I don't think it's great, but still. You know, enjoyable game. I, I don't think that it needs to get like there's people that like. Well, why do we ever need to make a Gears test? It's like, hey, they made Tactics games about worse things. Hey, they made two Halo yeah. RTSs. Why not? Yeah. Hey, if the if Mario and the Rabbits can have a Tactics game, they yeah. actually made that quite like that was so much harder than I thought it was gonna be. My like God. this is a Nintendo game. Like no <laughs> way. It's like holy crap! I'm just dying immediately. Like what the hell? <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, it is real. Uh, so okay, so what's everybody's five, Mark? Uh, I mean, my my five, my five would be like SnowRunner, uh, number four. Let's see, yeah, we talked about SnowRunner a lot, so I don't know that we need to like expound upon it. No, much, everyone knows it's the best game ever, so you can move on. <laughs> what else and is on your list? Jens, that's not last. Oh, well, it, so. yeah, I hate it. Well, but it's it's not that it's a bad game. It's just it's. I mean. I, I knew it was not a game for me. I knew that it was a terrible mistake having Mark talk me into it. And as soon as I started playing it, I was, you know, I was hey, like, oh. You were I, able to help me out a, a few times at least, so that was good. Oh, that's, uh, that was worth my, whatever, 70 bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> no, you paid like, it was like 40. That game was an, you know, or maybe okay. 50. But, yeah. No, I think it's 50, yeah. Uh, I would say number four. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Well, I said go, everyone go five first and they can go back to me for four. <laughs> Does XCOM Chimera Squad make your... No. I really didn't like that game. Uh, oh, it was it was boring. It had low production quality. Like, low production, you know, 
values? It's like, eesh. Like, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I also should note that uh, Maneater might be a game to watch. Oh, yeah. So I just bought that. Amazon has it on sale for like 25 bucks. So I just grabbed it. Yeah, I'm excited. RPG where you're a shark. I mean, it, it seems rad. Yeah. Like, somebody thought of that. It, it feels like somebody just thought of that and said, you know what? Let's just make the game. And they did. So, and F- finally, my fetish will be fulfilled. Uh, I know Robert Taylor loves that game. So. Uh, I'd say for me, like four would probably uh, probably be Clubhouse Game Fifty One. Oh, yeah. Uh, three would be Last of Us. Uh, two, two would be uh, Shipbreaker, and one would probably be Final Fantasy Seven. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to see if anything else is catching my eye. I mean, the only other thing would be like uh, they 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 put a few games on like the audio uh, the Oculus Quest that wouldn't count. Mm-hmm. I don't think and. Like Persona Four Golden is cool on PC. That wouldn't count. Right, doesn't no. count. Yep. Uh, I might say. I mean, it's not out yet. Same as Hard uh, Shipbreaker, but like Risk of Rain Two is pretty neat. <laughs> Didn't that count for last year though? We count. Uh, well, it's not even. It's not officially right, out yet. The, uh, the uh, what's what's the Steam thing? Um, early so access. Early Green access. Light thing. or whatever. Early. Oh, no, it's early access. Greenlight's yeah. gone now, or uh, that went away, thankfully. Uh but yeah, that's about it. Like I haven't played like Yens and probably you. I haven't played a ton of games. There have been a ton of new games out this year yeah. necessarily. My my five is just de facto the five games I played that weren't Persona Five: The Royal. Uh, so it's Animal Crossing, Sakura Wars, Neo Two, Last of Us Part Two, which unless it completely shits the bed with the ending, is definitely going to be in my top ten. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a no brainer, also definitely going to be in my top ten. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the battle at the end. There's going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us. No, 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 no. Come on, uh, what about uh, Ghost of Tsushima is probably going to be a big factor. Yeah. There's some there's say, some other major games still coming yeah, out. There's a Halo Valhalla, game coming out. Maybe Watch Dogs and Direction Ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, yeah did guys, you see that the, guys. if you watch the Ubisoft forward thing, you get Watch Dogs 2 free. So. We're also yeah. forgetting Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's going to be in that discussion. Well, if right. you listen to Mark, it's not coming out this year. So. Yeah. Actually, Watch Dogs 2 just came out on PlayStation Now, too, so I could probably play it. Yeah. And hey, everyone knows Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is going to be a big one this year. <laughs> it will be. It won't count. <laughs> but no, that you guys will are count. forgetting. That's a fucking new game. I thought oh, it's not. a remaster. No, that's new. Cause, I mean, that, I mean, it's the same. If, if that doesn't count, then Final Fantasy 7 doesn't count. <laughs> okay, Which okay, game so so completely it depends on what they have. Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater One and Two. Oh yeah, that's supposed. That's not like the last time they released it, where it was basically just a remaster. This okay. is like yeah. a completely okay, okay. rebuilt. It's a remake. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what were you? What are we forgetting, Randy? You're forgetting the new Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Isn't it? That'll be big. Isn't it's it about time. Out? Is it due out this year or now? Yes, it comes yeah. out in October, October 9th. Okay. Well, if it doesn't get delayed, but yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, see. there are there are later games I'm excited for, like Axiom Verge Two. Or, yeah. I, uh, I mean, we, we don't need to go into upcoming games. I just wanted to make right. the point that, you know, I don't think it's going to come down to Final Fantasy versus Last of Us. I, I think, I it'll think it'll, come it'll down still to be in the conversation. Problem. Sure. But I don't think those two will be like the two top ones, oh, you and, know, going head to head. I, I lied. I, I forgot the game of the year that hasn't come out yet. There's a Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Right, guys, uh, yep, cannot forget about that game. <laughs> I thought that the game got delayed. 
It did, but any game with Vin Diesel is going to be automatic winner. Oh, oh, you know it. You know it. Uh, all right. That Riddick game was surprisingly not terrible. <laughs> the first one, yeah. Yeah, Which that's another one. The first one. The first Riddick game, Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, okay. Riddick's great. Yeah. Dark Athena isn't terrible. It was no, just not nearly as good as, um, right. as the yeah. first one. Okay. But they're packaged together, so it doesn't matter. Right. It's just, a, it's like you can almost treat it like a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, Randy, what are your. Uh, number five for me is a game I still want to play a bunch more. I beat it, but I want to do it more. Uh, Street to Rage 4 is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, was, it has that great mix of old school feel, beat em up, but with just the, the new graphics and stuff. It was way too much fun to play. Uh, for me, number four is Resident Evil 3 Remake. I'm excited to see what Mark thinks of it when he plays it. Uh, but to me, the three that I know are going to make my top ten at least, if not my top five, uh, by far and away my three favorite games so far. And might all three might have been my game of the year if they were out last year. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is my number three. It's so good. It's it, uh, Adding the different combat stuff to that game, is and, and it's so beautiful. It's just so good. Uh, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, would not throw too much of an argument if it ends up being our number one right now. Uh, but to me, obviously, number one is Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I had ridiculous high expectations for that game, and I think it exceeded almost all of them. And it, it, like we, we've talked enough about it, but yeah, I think those three are by far and away my favorite games so far this year. Yeah, we're... Other than Lost, I'm going to have two of Randy's, I uh, want me Final Fantasies on all of ours, but uh, number five for me is a, a game I've talked about a little bit is uh, One Piece Pirate Wars 4. Uh, it's just One Piece is wonderfully made for Musu and 4 just is has a story up to date and it's, just, it's so good to play, it feels so good to just um, be those characters and kick ass, and you can do other things while you're playing, and I have, uh, fun doing that, so, yeah. Um, number four is a game called Layer of the Clockwork God, which is, it's something that, like, I picked up a while ago, and then finally started playing it, and it just been enjoying it, it's just, um, it's a game where you're, you're two different characters, and they, um, they have other games, uh, they have like, uh, two point and click games that are kind of like in that old, like, LucasArts, like, uh, 90s style, um, that are really cheap on Steam if you're a point and click, uh, dude. Uh, the, uh, Ben and Dan game. So, uh, one character is a point and click guy, and then the other character is you're playing a platformer, and you switch between the two. Uh, at various points and you have to figure out how to get through these levels playing as those characters with those games like gimmicks and it's like actually like really cool to like play kind of both of those games at the same time and they're two like my you know favorite genres so just getting to do that and switch back and forth and having to figure out how to do that as a platform and then having to figure out how to do it as a point and click is just um it's a, like it's cool. It's a very innovative. I like that, and a lot of credit for them to just kind of put that on its head, not just make another point of click game, but to meld another genre in there, and make it work. So, um, definitely a game. I think it's on Steam. I think it's like it was. I got it on a sale for like uh, 
12 or something like that. So I definitely think if you like the one of the, those two genres, you should check it out. Uh, number three is Streets of Rage 4. Like uh, Randy said, I just absolutely love that game. Uh, it's just so well done as far as uh, beat-em-up goes. Um, love the the two new characters as well that they added, uh, Floyd and Cherry. Um, so, and then the way you, you know, you get to unlock some of the older, you know, or one of the older, some of the older characters later, but it's, it's like, it's a absolutely loving ode to those old games and they did it just wonderful justice. Uh, or in the blind forest, Randy said everything I'm going to say. It's absolutely great. Um, if you haven't played it yet, it's well worth getting game pass for. If you haven't gotten the three months for a dollar, do that. It's one of those games you need to go play. Um, it is absolutely beautiful, and it's just great. Um, it's a little bit better on PC than Xbox, if your PC can run it. So, but uh, suggest that Final Fantasy VII Remake. As we talked about it, we did a spoiler cast about it. I don't think we need to say anymore, but that's my number one game of the year so far. Yeah. You can, you can go with some backlash but against that game. What, Remake? No, yeah, Final Fantasy VII. I think there is already. I mean, you already got the people that can't stand that it's not the full game in one disc, you know, or, you know, one that you're having to wait to get episodes of that game. Or don't like what the ending sets up. Yeah. Or the, they're gonna, as soon as we find out what they're doing with part two, you're gonna start seeing the backlash. I think is what's gonna happen. Cause they've already talked about how they're in development remotely right now. And, as soon as they reveal how much of the story is getting changed or what's getting changed or whatever, then you'll start seeing the people go back and hate on one, I think, a lot more. If it goes in the direction that they don't want it to go to. Um, I think you're still getting people hating on it for the side quests. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, I could have just watched this game on YouTube. It's very button mashy. It never gets hard. Um, so, you Final know, Fantasy? Yeah, that yeah. remake doesn't get hard. I mean, there yeah. were some really tough. There were some, yeah, there were some uh, late I mean, boss if, fights. If you if you're not like actually paying attention or like you know guarding correctly or you know do, like setting up your characters, you can get screwed pretty pretty hard. Any or if you don't have the right spells on you, like with, with the monster house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I don't know. Maybe I just suck at games. I guess the regular, normal enemies you no, really just are, kind of pulled down. Those are pushovers. The button much. and it does it for yeah, you. Yeah, that's most RPGs. The main, the normal enemies <laughs> are not meant for you to die on unless you're playing Dragon Quest. So, like, uh, you know, they're or Shin Megami, or yeah, or Shin Megami. Like, they're meant for you to feel powerful and get powerful. So when you fight the big boss, that's when you know you're gonna run into some problems. So, I guess it's funny. I mean, I I kind of check off five minutes till my modem died. Yeah. So did Did anyone bring up Doom Eternal? Uh, Randy's someone that's yes. played it. He did bring it up. It okay, I was curious. That's like the one big game that came out that I didn't play. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I didn't know Randy played it, but I know you you two guys didn't play it either. <laughs> yeah, no, no interest. I mean, didn't like the previous one. Yeah. I like you know FPSs, so maybe, but yeah, I don't know. It's not a game, it's not something I'm rushing out the door to, maybe when, you know, they do those, like, sales at the end of the year when stuff gets real cheap, and we're trying to cram things in for game of the year at the end, yeah, uh, that's, that'll be the time <laughs> when I finally check it out or something. But alright, I think 
we, now you have all of our top five lists for game of the year so far. We'll see what the rest of the year has uh, coming up. And, you know, Ghost Tsushima, Paper Mario, Origami King are already coming up pretty quick uh, in the next... Uh, Deadly Premonition. And Deadly Premonition as well. Deadly Premonition 2. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Three games you, you should go check out already that are within like a week and a half uh, yep. coming out. So there's that. If you enjoy what you heard, you can always hit subscribe. And you'll get any time we do a show. And, of course, if you uh, like this uh, more than that, you can hit the review on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. And we're pretty much on all of them. So, um, you know, leave that review wherever you'd like. You can also review us over there on Podchaser as well. I want to thank uh, Randy and Jens. And always, always, Mark, uh, for being on here. And, well, until next time, we'll see you later, everybody. <laughs>